When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have you calmed down a little bit from last week? <laughs> oh, let me just stretch out. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm back. Everyone, just take a deep breath. We're back here. Man, what a uh, what a sesh that was. Whew. We finished recording and I was like, I don't know what happened <laughs> there. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Welcome back to Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a podcast Hosted by me, Kyle Sconowell, and my longtime friend from work, Robbie Earl. And yes, last week was super rare for us. You know, I started the whole thing listening back, saying, I'm pretty disappointed, but man, it escalated quickly, in the words of Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I think once I started hearing you also feel fire, fired up about it, I was like, oh, I just something came over me. And so 10 minutes later, I'm shouting, and it just happened. Yeah, look, you know, sometimes you just have to feel your feelings. And sometimes the microphone <laughs> is on when that happens. No doubt. I don't regret anything I said. I feel the same way as I did a week ago. But it's been really fascinating to see a decent amount of pushback on our takes on Discord, which honestly, yeah. oh, this is this is the God's honest truth. I think I'd rather it be that way. Like, For sure. I think I would, our, I'd rather our community enjoy something so much that they can argue back to us when we don't. Then I'm like, great, maybe I missed something. And then good. Like, right. I'm glad that everyone can enjoy without seeing these things. Seriously. And uh, since that time, a few people have shared the article, I think from The Hollywood Reporter, don't quote me, that Echo yeah, was the right. number one show on Disney Plus and Hulu and it massively bumped. Did you see this? It yeah, massively yeah, with like Daredevil and Hawkeye. The viewership of Hawkeye, all of their Daredevil stuff, and one other thing that I'm blanking on, it bumped like crazy. And so there's already like the Punisher, maybe like of all the of all the projects that come out that we ripped, leave it to now this one having a Hollywood Reporter article being like, "Wow, you know, due to the success of Echo." The MCU right. is back, and they're now looking to lean into the street level thing right after we just said, I never need to see Maya again. Right. What are they doing? <laughs> well, we no, just... I mean, I think the article ends with Marvel is interested in more projects with Maya. <laughs> <laughs> we are not in sync with Variety or The Hollywood Reporter. That's just no. how it is. 
That is, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that I kept having to remind myself as I was thinking back on that discussion, and this is just, this is such a hard thing about TV versus movies as we're looking at Marvel's like slow evolution through that process. Like that was a conversation about the finale, right? Like it, it's easy for that to, and it did become a conversation about the show as a whole, because like the way that things end, like that determines the way that you then look back and view the entire thing. And so like each of the subplots, when they're finding their like quote unquote resolution, that's going to color your experience with them kind of retroactively. Right. But, you know, I, I, my hope would be that if people listen to that episode and were really disappointed that we were disappointed, (laughs) that they would know that, you know, our, our review of the first two episodes, I think we were both fairly positive. And the second two, we were both really positive. And that's like one of the benefits, I think, of us having covered it that way. Mm-hmm. I think had you and I just watched all five and then gotten on here, I think, like, on the one hand, we might not, we probably would not have been as let down as we were. Right. Because we wouldn't have had as much time to sit in it. But I also think we, we would have just left generally like a, like, meh taste in our mouths. And then you wouldn't really get a sense of Good where point. that's coming from as much. But now it's, you know, I think that <laughs> when, uh, when future historians look back on our coverage of Echo. Because you know they will. The, of course they will. Uh, they will know that, look, it was a left turn, and that's that's how these things work. But, you know, it's like that's TV. Again, like that's the thing that I think Marvel in is going to be fascinated to see. Forty-six, Hitler was defeated in Germany. In 2024, Kyle and Robbie reviewed Echo poorly. <laughs> Keep going. What else? Echo episode five, <laughs> poorly. That's, that's so true. <laughs> that is a really good point. I think overall, the episode would have been a little less aggressive and passionate if we had uh-huh. watched all five at once. But yeah, we now have evidence to prove that we were super into it a week ago. You're so right. Right. Um We'll see how this kind of lives up on a rewatch. You and I even flirted with the idea of when sharing this show with somebody, what if you just don't even show them the finale? Pretend like it didn't exist. (laughs) And then you'd get this awesome cliffhanger at the end of four of Fisk wants Maya to come back on the airplane. And let's just see how that holds up. Maybe not showing the finale, but that's not what today's about. No time. It's not, it's not, it's not, but I'm not surrendering that idea yet. I actually have a, lot of fun watch order things going on in the back of my mind at the moment. Uh, But that is for after the Friendly Awards. The 2024 Friendly Awards, in many ways, the actual kickoff of 2024 for us because we don't always have a project right before Christmas and right after. And so anyways, this normally happens the first week of January. It's now happening close to the first week of February, but it's award season. Welcome to the 2024 Friendly Awards, the nominees. For those of you just finding this podcast, here's what's going to happen Robbie and I have put together, mainly Robbie, a list of all 
of the categories from last year's MCU projects that we are going to announce today. After we announce it, there will be a link on Patreon, on Substack, and if you subscribe to Friends From Work Plus on Apple or on Spotify, please shoot us a message if you would like to vote because this link is going to take you to a Google Doc where you can vote for the winner. So the winners of all these categories will be determined by those Friends From Work Plus supporters. And then next week, we will announce the results of said voting and give our takes to the results next week. And What's fun about next week, too, is usually I do not know the results until you read them to me. Obviously, some someone has to know them, right. and that's usually you. <clears throat> uh, but it makes for a fun kind of surprising episode. And as a last perk here, our very top tier supporters, our super mm. friends, are going to be announcing some of the winners for us via video on this podcast. So looking forward to that as well. So this is, yeah, if you're listening to this and you want the chance to vote. This is your chance. Yeah. You right can now. subscribe now. And voting is open for seven, seven days, five days. Yeah, good point. Probably five days because we'll have to record a little bit early. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, true, true. So get okay. your votes in early. Make <clears throat> America in. skate again. <laughs> uh, and we're talking about this uh, Hollywood Reporter article. We're talking about the stuff that we have coming soon on Friends from Work. And so before we jump into it, once again, if you are wondering what we're referencing, we would encourage you to go sign up for our newsletter, uh, which you can get either through our website at the FFWpodcast.com or going to Substack and searching Friends from Work there. It is totally free. You can also access a lot of our paid like Patreon content through that portal as well. But if you just want some updates on what's going on in the world of the MCU and slightly beyond, and then uh, specifically what we have happening on the podcast front, that is your best bet. We're recording this uh, the day after the last newsletter went out. And uh, I thought Greg did an especially great job of rounding up some of this great, like the conversation around Echo, the conversation around like whether this is the first step in a new direction or the last step in the old direction. Uh, so I would encourage everyone to go check that out too. Check it out and find out that it's the last step in an old direction. All right, here we go. <laughs> the 2024 Friendly Award nominees. And Robbie constantly clearing his throat. That's what today's episode is. The the nominees yep. and throat clearing. I I was <laughs> this is the ongoing me just being somewhat sick uh for months at a time. Not like I'm not not, not really sick, but I'm just enough. But at the wedding that I was in, uh I was in a similar state and I kept clearing my throat and everyone thought I was trying to get their attention. <clears throat> and it was it became Hello? a constant <clears throat> <clears throat> Do you take this bride to be? I'd <clears throat> Hello. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Uh, how many categories do we have overall? I guess. What oh, is gosh. it? Yeah, you haven't counted. Sorry, <laughs> I sprung that on you. <laughs> uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, oh 18, 19, 20, and even 20. Perfect. I think. Didn't I even, could have miscounted, but. Didn't even plan that. Okay, so uh, last pitch here. If you are going to find some of this reading overwhelming, you can actually watch this episode on YouTube or on Spotify if you enable video. And I say that because I plan on typing this up while we're talking is the hope. So here we go. Robbie is going to be reading a lot of categories here. Hang with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I will say uh, we will reserve the right to change some of the the order here between this and the actual ballot that folks get, depending on what, yeah, what good works. Good point. Uh, but these are all of the, these are the nominees in more or less the correct order. And the last thing I'll add you will get this from hearing the categories, but just to reiterate, last year's projects were in this order, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy, three, Secret Invasion, then we had Loki season two, then the Marvels, then What If. I believe that's everything off the top of my head. I think that's right for 2023. I think that that's right, yeah. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, <coughs> this feels like an appropriate place to start. <coughs> Damn, you know, Stop. Please. Hey, hey, hey. <coughs> Have you seen oh. Category 1? <clears throat> Hello? <laughs> All right. So, best addition to the MCU this year. Okay. Our nominees are Adam Warlock from yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Sonya Fallsworth from Secret Invasion. Yep. Gaia from Secret Invasion. Cohorty from What If and OB from Loki Season 2. Great category. People sleep on... Because, you know, I know Secret Invasion gets a lot of hate. I think what's fun about the friendlies is as you go through some of these categories, I think you're going to remember that there were some fun parts of certain things, like Olivia Coleman slayed. Yeah. That's one thing that I've tried to do throughout. There may be a few repeats here, but one thing that I... I I would like for us to be able to do through the the awards this year is highlight things that even projects that we don't like could win in. You know, like I I don't want rather than it just be like No Way Home is going to blow out every category again. I, I like it when it's you know because there are there are certain even the the critics uh, for Secret Invasion. I was looking back at reviews the other day. A lot of them point out that the performances were generally pretty great. It was just that they weren't necessarily given the best material to work with. So I think you're right. I feel like there will be things like that uh, sort of throughout. Hopefully. I, I think typically, too, we like to have every project represented if possible. Sometimes a project is represented more than once, like in this case with Gaia and mm -hmm. Sonya. Uh, but then there are a couple where they're if like if you don't hear somebody in a certain category, don't necessarily freak out because there were a couple times where um, like a villain does the villain fall in the supporting actor or villain role? Mm, like who is the right. lead actor of certain pro like who's the lead actor of the Marvels? Is it Nick? You know, so there's mm -hmm. there's some there's some gray area on a few of these. So here we go. Yeah, I should also point out that there are characters like the high evolutionary that is a it was a new character but i don't see that as an addition to the mcu and that that story is done like i feel like for this you kind of have to you have to be a character that survives the project 
you were introduced in. Well, is kind of my James threshold. Gunn has said that he did survive that somehow. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that's like news, but. That's also James, who's no longer a part of the MCU, saying that. And so it will be up to Kevin if he wants to bring that back. All right, category number two. Yeah, was he going to be in the DC universe now, James? <laughs> he survived <laughs> just enough to get over to the DC world. Via <laughs> it went through one of those yes. <laughs> rips in space time. Exactly. Um, okay. Wow, I did not know that. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it, but he, I'm you done. know, you know. No, you're not. I guarantee there'll be more. <laughs> James Gunn also said, you know, that that's not the same Groot, but then Marvel has never really like come out and fully canonized is that Groot re reborn right. or, uh, you know, Groot that didn't die. So, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Best team up Scott and Cassie Lang, mm -hmm. Nebula and Peter Quill. Mm -hmm. that, that's a hard one in that movie. Like who the team up is in that movie is hard. I know, I know, which is why we're also going to have Groot and Peter Quill because okay. you get just if only for that one specific scene. Well, and because uh, Rocket's out of most of that movie or like a right. good chunk of it. Right. And Gamora, that's not, okay, yeah, good one. All right. Um, Nick Fury and Talos. Mm -hmm. Loki and OB okay. as best team up. Okay. Now, again, this is one that, like, Loki also introduces some interesting stuff here with the season two. We'll have that with uh, What If as well, where, like, yes, you could arguably put Loki and Mobius in that, but I feel like we, we've explored that so much already that I sort of like the idea of and, utilizing the season two. Yeah. They definitely teamed up more in season one. Season two, because of the time right. traveling thing, Mobius was more just kind of lost with what was happening, whereas Obi right. a little bit had a sense. I like it. Uh, speaking of what if, Cohorty and Captain Carter. Yep. And finally, Carol, Kamala, and Monica. Oh, cheating. For the Marvels. Okay, cheating. Three-way team up. I know, but I mean, you know, higher, further, faster. <laughs> Together. Together. Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay. Whenever uh, I send our emails, I either sign it higher, further, faster together. And then recently I've been signing it. Let's grow together. I don't know which one I like better. They're both so I, good for our podcast. I always like signing it. Piss off ghosts. <laughs> piss off ghosts. <laughs> our new hoodies say let's grow together. So maybe that one. Piss off ghost. Next category. Our three. new. I was like, wait, is there a new piss off ghost hoodie that I missed? Because that's a well, now day I'm gonna, one purchase. Now I'm going to make you one. Basically. <laughs> uh best action sequence. Oh, this okay. one's fun too. Yeah. I love this one. Scott battles Kang and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Okay. That See, being pause, the final that's, fight. That's an interesting one too, because you could also maybe include the ants attack, like maybe not the very final battle. Yeah. But that very final battle where Kang is punching him in the face is pretty brutal. All right. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, Man, I, well, we'll talk about that later. We could call but. it when the ants go marching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Candace, I mean, she was in the airport yesterday and for some reason she's decided that like the song that is going to be, be her like guiding light this year is the song Ants Marching by Dave Matthews. I saw it on social media. And it's, it, the crazy thing is like she told, she got back from a trip where for some reason it was playing somewhere 
and she and her friend were laughing about it. It's also funny because like my, I was such a diehard Dave Matthews fan in high school <laughs> that were. my PlayStation yeah. name that yes. I created then is still Dave fan. <laughs> Dave like fan. that's how much I was in it. And uh, so she's got like a very willing audience, but she was, uh, yeah, she was in the airport that yesterday. And easily it was could have been the song in Barbie around the fireplace. Oh easily. yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, next up. So Scott battles King. Yes. Uh, for guardians, the tunnel fight, oh. uh, the, the one that I think we're all kind of thinking of. Yes. Uh, is it the Beastie Boys song? Is yes. that one? Yes. Absolute classic. No comment though. Uh, the death of Talos in Secret Invasion and kind of the whole scene On the highway. around that. On the highway. Uh, yes. Yeah. The... <clears throat> oh, told you. It wasn't the last I one. I know, right? In Loki, uh, the scene where Mobius pulls Loki from the loom if you can imagine that. Yeah, there's not a lot of action in Loki season two, technically. Like a, a choreographed fight scene. There's the attempt to stop all the bombs. Um, yeah. But there's very little. That, I think that like, one scene, though, is more suspenseful than I, I like that. Like Loki flying in and tackling Mobius just as they get through the door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th I guess it just depends on, like if you want to look at it as like a fight scene, Yeah. then I think you could arguably put in like the Victor Timely, uh, yeah. Loki, Sylvie. Is Sylvie there for that, I think? Yeah, but it's not even really a fight. They're just, yeah. I, I like, I like the choice. Around. I like the choice. Uh, what if we have the strange supreme battle uh, against Captain Carter and Cohorty yep. and kind of everybody? And then last but certainly not least, the Marvels, Trading spaces against Darbin, mm. uh, by which we mean the kind of final entangled fight once they have become a true team, or dare I say family, oh. at the end of the Marvels. Together. When they've mastered how to trade spaces. Yep. Yeah, although you and I debated uh, the, the initial kind of entangled fight sequence there too. They're just very different. That one's really fun. Uh, and like visually interesting, but I feel like from kind of a like getting your heart rate up action sequence perspective, the uh, the, last the final one. fight wins. Agreed. Okay, best villain. Speaking of Darben, uh, the <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> can't stop. I'm not cutting these out. I'm leaving them. <laughs> best villain, Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man, The Lost Quantumania, The High Evolutionary, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Gravik from Secret Invasion, He Who Remains from Loki Season 2, Strange Supreme from What If, and Darbin from the Marvels. Loki Season 2 is fascinating because... He Who Remains doesn't even really show up till the very end, but I get it. He's right. the villain. Like, you don't really know who yeah. is the villain for a long time. There's not even really a villain. They're trying to prevent a right. catastrophic thing. I love it. I love it. It's going to be so fascinating to look back at both Loki and Quantumania now that 
Jonathan Majors is affirmatively out to to see how certain things are reframed because there there were some like there were elements of those projects that were so ambiguous and I think that the original intention was to narrow those down and take us in a certain direction but I think that now probably for a variety of reasons those directions are changed and I feel like they're going to take advantage of some of that ambiguity but I'm I'm curious in what way mm-hmm. but I think that that's kind of one where it's like I I think that you can now look back at Loki as kind of like we talked at the time that could be when they defeat Kang definitively uh depending on how they go with it but anyway Best romance. Mm. Only a couple of entries here. Uh, I was actually helping you put this category together in particular, and uh-huh. I was shocked. There, like this was not the year of romance because even Loki and Sylvie don't really get romantically yeah. involved at all. Like I was having a hard time thinking of what that would be, which usually like, I think if I remember in 2021, the 2022 friendlies, this was easy. We had like seven Remember, like Steven and Layla, oh, yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. and Layla. We had like seven right. different options for that. And then there was like, uh, I mean, there were just so many things in general, yeah. but yeah, the uh, Peter MJ relationship, I think was the same. Maybe that was the next year. That was the next year. Anyway, yeah, I, well, and so I didn't put uh, like Peter and Gamora here, even though that is like a central theme of the latest Guardians entry, because it's not really a romance. Yeah, like, the point is they're not romantically involved. That's the point of right. it. Like, if anything, it's him mourning the loss of a prior romance. Yeah. But um, yeah, so what we have here, we have three entries. Oh, okay. Scott and Hope. Yep. And Ant-Man, Nick Fury and Priscilla and Secret Invasion, and Steve Rogers and Captain Carter from What If Season 2. I think that's an interesting one because there are elements of that kind of throughout that season, yeah. uh, beginning with the the Winter Soldiery episode and then also in the 1602. And when we were discussing this one, there was a tiny bit of there was a tiny bit of me that wanted to do um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, Hank and Janet, almost because they mm. kind of rekindle the romance, but it ends with Scott and Hope kissing and saying "I love you." So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, though. I mean, you could also look at um, <laughs> you could look at Carol's relationship with the the ruler prince of uh, the singing kingdom. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like that's not a true romance. That's like a marriage of convenience. That's what she says. Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't wait for that film to come out on Disney Plus, by the way. It's now out digitally. But I think it's like mid-February projected to ha- to have it on streaming, which I would like. I am really excited for that as well. I was actually over the weekend getting ready. I was packing for a trip and had uh, kind of started watching through some multiverse-themed MCU properties. Just getting your mind framed right. Just getting my mind right. And uh, I realize, I think next up for me, we'll have uh, Quantumania and the Marvels. So I'm waiting for that as well. Uh, And our rewatch is on Wakanda Forever, right? Two-pronged here. Yeah, so we're on Wakanda Forever and then, yeah, rewatching some of the new stuff. Uh, uh, Before the new category, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
All right, continue, please. So we are now into some performance categories. Here we go. uh, Starting with Best Supporting Actress. First up, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne. Olivia Coleman as Sonia Fallsworth. Sophia DiMartino as Sylvie. And then, and I'm going to do my best here pronunciation-wise, uh, Devery Jacobs as Cahorty. Mm. This is interesting. I, I feel like Greg has flagged this in the past and it just didn't sink in until this moment. But I'm realizing that... Oh, yeah. She was the voice actor for Cahorty and also played Bonnie in Echo. I also did not realize that until really recently. That's crazy. Crazy. So, uh, well, yeah. Echo's- it's like a Judy Greer situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Linda Cardellini. Did you know that Judy Greer plays the, the like, freaky pig monster in Guardians? No. So and, she's- and so Linda's also the, Linda's the otter and Hawkeye's wife, obviously. Right. Okay. And then Judy is the pig monster and Cassie's mom. You know who else? In, in the first two Ant-Man. Can I quiz you? There's one other one that I can think of. Who else? F- from Guardians? In the MCU has done two things. Oh, Lake Bell. Oh, okay. I have another in my mind. Oh, man. Uh... Hint, Eternals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimma Chan? She's also one of the Kree warriors in Captain Marvel. Yeah, true. And such a different character, yeah. which is fun. Almost unrecognizable because of the makeup. Yeah, wow. Well, look, look at, at this. Okay, okay. anyways. Uh, and uh, Cahorty's, uh, uh, I thought, a good choice for this. That's, that's a tough one to call supporting actress in What If because obviously each right. episode is kind of unlinked for a while, you know? But I feel like that's the obvious one, right? If Captain Carter's the main yeah, Reed. yeah, I think I think that's fair. And last but not least, Iman Vellani. Oh, is Kamala Khan? Okay. On the best supporting actor front, we have Michael Douglas. Okay, as Hank Pym, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock. Okay, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Owen Wilson, Mobius, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. What if, and Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the Marvels, but also what if, if you want to expand that a bit. What if is so hard to choose a supporting actor? Yeah. I got everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I like the selection of Chris. He's, he's in a few episodes. Fun to hear his voice again. And I don't think I'd ever call him the lead. So, okay. For sure. Okay, best surprise appearance. Okay. This is a fun one. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm so trying to think who this could be. First up, we have Modoc. Oh, you know. In you know that's the Lost who, Quantumania. You know that's who I'm voting for. <laughs> we have uh, also in Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania, uh, Loki and Mobius. And you know... Modoc's only going to get three votes. It's going to be like me and two other people. That's it. But I am absolutely <laughs> voting for it. Uh, hey, who knows? Uh, Sylvester Stallone as uh, Stakar in Guardians 3. Okay, sorry. What was the one right before this? I missed it. I was talking. Oh, um, Loki and Mobius okay, in the okay. credit scene okay, okay. of uh, Quantumania. Nathan Fillion, 
as one of the Orgoscope yeah. guards yeah. in Guardians 3. Uh, Rick Mason showing up in Secret Invasion, which I had kind of forgotten about until I was putting these together. But a fun uh, Black Widow connect into Secret Invasion. Okay. Uh, then the Marvels, we have three. Oh. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Yes, true. Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. True. And, and of course, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer, Grammer as, Beast. as Beast. So, re- the, like the this Val- is one the Valkyrie where, one. I truly had no idea that was coming. Yeah, yeah. I I think even the Stallone one. I feel like there were there were like there was like a spot or something where that was shown like right before. But I remember that being something that was discussed, and me thinking that it just didn't. I couldn't see them really pulling Stallone back in, but then they did. So that was a fun little surprise for me. I'm on the current rhythm of watching the first trailer and the second trailer and then shutting it down. So all those TV spots, I usually yeah. avoid, I usually avoid unless I'm literally watching football or something and it comes on. So I definitely did that for uh, for the Marvels, which I was glad I did. So maybe some okay. of those weren't as surprising for some people, <clears throat> but they were for me. Well, and that's, I mean, that's part of the thing too, is I, I feel like a lot of these things, they are, I don't know, I, I view them as a surprise unless it is affirmatively being like put out that like, hey, this person is on the poster, like their name is on the poster, they're a part of this movie. I'm going to take it as the average sure. person would have seen it as a surprise. All right. Okay. Moving along. One of Move along. our favorite categories here. Best score. Okay. Christoph Beck. Beck. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yep. Friend of the pod. John Murphy. John Murphy. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Chris Bowers, Secret Uh Invasion. Natalie Holt, Loki, Season 2. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, here we go. Double, double entry. Laura Cartman for her work on What If Season 2 and Laura Cartman for her work on The Marvels. Yes. I'm not reading that. Yeah, That's which, just from my galaxy brain right I here. I love it. Okay. By the way, uh, we are <laughs> close to uh, finalizing the the updates on the Journey Through the MCU. Oh, good. I was working on that this weekend. They are needed. And they are needed. We are current, not through Echo, because I just have not had time to really sit down with that score, but at least through uh, the Marvels. You know what I did? Uh on our website, the ffwpodcast.com, there's a little tab for engage, and that's where you find Patreon and all this stuff. And I added listen to Journey Through the MCU on Spotify. So you can click wow. on that and go directly to the playlist. Which by the way, the playlist has like 400 likes on Spotify or something. So yeah. look at us. No big deal. I love making playlists. All, all the money that we get from it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm filthy rich. I, I you probably shouldn't say that. We'll cut this out. We'll cut this out. <laughs> We won't tell people. Yeah, I don't want them to know. All those uh, streams, the money actually goes to the playlist creator, not the actual creator of the music. <laughs> Honestly, that's Spotify our hidden is, secret. Spotify is so weird with stuff like that. I that would <laughs> barely even surprise me at this point. Four hundred likes. I mean, we'd probably even if that was the case, that'd be like three cents. Like, I I did the math the other day, and I think like if you have like a, a million streams or something that equates to like several thousand dollars. I think it's about 10,000. I think, th- I think it's usually about a million is 10,000. Is that right? 
That's okay. that's what I think it usually is. So I just I, I look I did a Google check and it's saying uh it's close to five. Okay, but, so le- I could I can speak into this if you well, yeah, hold on. Yeah, I, no, I mean no. well, let me think. Now I'm seeing four to seven, which is getting a little bit closer. Okay. Uh, 200,000 streams. Yeah, no, I think four is right. uh, 200,000 streams is about $800. So what's, so $800 times five. So 4,000. So probably closer to four or $5,000 for a million streams. It's so crazy because it's like, I remember when I was first putting music out, even in the iTunes era, and you would make like 70 cents on the dollar or something. And well, that's because those were sales. Yeah. No, I know. But it was just like, I feel like it, it's got to be so hard to make. That's why we have this playlist to just keep Brian Tyler afloat. You know, <laughs> that's right. We're, we're doing what we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, best post credit scene. Yeah, because you would think I, if someone had a 10 million, like if someone had 10 million streams on a song, you'd be like, I think that the perception would be, oh my gosh, they're they're killing it. Like they're way making it. But right. we're saying that'd be about $40,000. So that's a good living for a, a year. But that's not, yeah. I guess I think the yeah. perception would be that 10 million streams on Spotify would be more than that. Although, remember, Apple pays out. So if you have 10 million on Spotify, you probably have something on Apple. Um, yeah, obviously, show money is probably generated because of the 10 million streams. You know, maybe radio uh, play is generated. Anyways, okay, here we go. Keep it moving. My Star Wars okay, reference. Uh, Move along. Move along. <laughs> um, These are not the playlists you're looking for. All right. Best post credit scene. This is kind of an interesting one. We had less of these of note, I think. There were a few throughout What If, but most of them are kind of teasers. Same with Loki. We had like the the kind of audio credits thing uh, for uh, Zaniac. But I think in terms of proper post-credit scenes for 2023, it was really just the the films. So yeah. for We're Ant-Man, breaking that trend for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And again, these are some of these have kind of been covered elsewhere, uh, which is why we're going to list the ones here that we are. So for Ant-Man, the Council of Kings. For Guardians, the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And for the Marvels, the Fox Men. This is the thing. We got very few, (laughs) the Fox Men, hey. That's clever. That's clever. I'm sorry. I shouldn't gloss over that. That was really clever. <laughs> That's the Robbie I love. We didn't get many post credit scenes, but the ones we got were very impactful. The yeah, Council oh, of true, Kings true. thing like started conversation forever about what's going on and 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 now something they're gonna have to address without Jonathan Majors, which is wild. Yeah. Uh and then the Guardian, yeah. the new Guardians team could seriously be something in the future. And then obviously what the Fox men means is wild. Maybe they're just going to make Kang one of the CGI faced variants. And so like the, the one that moves forward is just like one of the few 
like alien looking ones that doesn't look anything like Jonathan Major. Or, 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 or it's like robotic Kang and they only use AI to recreate Kang from here on out. All of Jonathan Major's lines. I, I will say, I'm man, I'm so curious to see. I think it just makes more sense at this point to, to if they are going to continue, find a way to, to just recast. make it at least not the main focus. But oh, okay, I think I, uh, I think just recast I, and keep it the focus. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go, man. Move interesting along. things to speculate about yeah, at yeah, a later date. Yep, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. got a lot of categories Best, to go still. <laughs> but not that many, not that many. Best episode of a series. We have Secret Invasion episode two, Promises. Okay, and Secret Invasion episode four, Beloved, and we'll have two picks from each of the series. Okay. This year, uh, in part because again, I think it's nice. Yes. Sometimes, if it's just one, it becomes sort of a stand-in for what was your favorite series. Yeah, and because then so we're determining it for you. If you had a favorite, let's give you a few more options here. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Loki season two, episode five, science fiction, which is when he's kind of going and trying to recruit everybody to come back to help uh, save the timelines. And then episode six, Glorious Purpose, yeah. which is uh, obviously the finale. I was kind of curious as I was putting this together and I was referencing some of some of our picks against like the IMDb. Uh, oh, you did. Okay. Viewer like fan ratings. Look at you. One, it was just really curious in general uh, to, to look through several different projects, but especially like Secret Invasion to kind of see what, certain like how certain things were rated and like certain episodes of secret invasion are not rated very badly surprisingly well, I mean, uh, but that's then it's not also surprising like, you and i felt that way as we were watching it we died on that hill i think but you're I, correct that it's not a it's not a good show it's one of the lesser projects they've made but i think people have just jumped on a train and that becomes very popular groupthink is very right. popular online for sure yeah uh Loki, I was I thought it was really interesting. By and large, uh, like not not in like a landslide way, but I think most of the Loki season one episodes are rated like slightly above Loki season two. Interestingly, uh, it's it's like not again. It's close, but I think that like Loki season one barely gets the edge. But the Loki season two finale is by like a decent little margin, the top rated episode of Loki, period. That makes sense. Which is great. That Again, we're talking about like the right direction for the MCU, right? So that was just a couple months ago. Good point. And finally, what if episode eight of season two is 1602 and then episode six, uh, what yeah. if Cohorty reshaped the world? Those are two good choices. I think that'll, and you know, Kind of uh, two two different takes on the idea. All right. Now we're kind of getting to the big ones here. Here we go. As, this we're, is... uh, as we're wrapping. First up, best lead actor. Okay, here we go. We have Paul Rudd as Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt as Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we're, we're saying there's not a lead actor in the Marvels. And if there was, I guess it'd be Nick Fury. So I know, be, that's yeah. the thing. 
yeah, I kind of feel like uh, yeah, give it to him for secret invasion. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, e- either one. Uh, best lead actress. A couple more entries here. We have Karen Gillan as Nebula in Guardians. Again, Guardians is so weird with this stuff. Yeah, trying to figure out like who who constitutes a a lead actor, but it just can't really uh, be Kamora, right? Because she's only in she like she's not even in the movie until thirty or forty minutes in, right? But I, I I think that Gamora also gets a nomination here. Okay, all right. Uh, You're, hey, it's your thing. I'll follow. Just be, just because she does have a pretty big role, uh, and she and Peter do have like a there's that that's a big part of the ongoing okay. story. I I take uh, it back. So yeah, Zoe as Gamora, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne in Quantumania, mm-hmm. Amelia Clark as Gaia mm-hmm. in Secret Invasion. And then this is where it gets really interesting for the Marvels. We're going to have Brie Larson, Tayana Paris, and Iman Vellani. All nominated? All nominated. <laughs> All nominated. Okay. Hey, man. They're co-leads. Look at the marketing. I'm going for it. I, I want I want to make people pick. I want to cause dissension. Well, yeah. I wonder if that's going to split the vote at all. You know, someone who maybe would have just voted for Brie as a nod to the Marvels, now maybe those votes get split and they don't win it. We'll find out. I know, like you but said, that's the thing. Interesting. It's, yeah, okay. And it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a vote for the Marvels. Yeah, it should right. be a vote hey, for the actor. You're right. You're right. Uh, as you often are. <laughs> uh, not, also, not too often, though. Don't get your... Not too often. <laughs> yeah. uh, not whenever I'm predicting the amount of times that I'll uh, clear my throat. Correct. Best voice actors. So this is one that we haven't had since 2021 because we mm-hmm. didn't have What If and there wasn't really anything else that called for it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting this year is we obviously have What If, but we also have uh, Guardians that had some notable oh, good voice point. acting. And then next so, year we anticipate X-Men 97, right? From this category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple actually. Uh, a couple of animated series, I think. So... For Guardians, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, of course. Oh, and good then point. Linda Cardellini as Lila, mm-hmm. the otter, uh, as we mentioned, one of the crossovers from one MCU role to another. And then for What If, we have Haley Atwell as Captain Carter, Karen Gillan again as Nebula, which folks will remember was a standout for me and not for Kyle. So we'll see how that goes. Kate Blanchett, What If, mm-hmm. and Jeff Goldblum. And then finally, although this is kind of an interesting one, I'm sort of cheating, but Devery Jacobs again as Cohorty. I feel like I I feel okay having her in both because I think that uh, in her main episode, she really is uh, like one of the more, like we had her in the best supporting actor category and she really does hold down that entire episode. So I, I, kind of like breaking those out into both like a performance in general and specifically the performance in terms of the the voice acting and how that interacts with the animation here. Sure. I agree. All right. Now, best writer writing team. And we have a couple of friends of the show here. Uh, some friends that we should get back on the show. Absolutely. Uh, Starting with James Gunn, longtime friend of the podcast, comes on all the time. No, he's not. Uh, no, for he's Guardians not. of the Galaxy. Uh, Jeff Loveness, who has been on the show. He is a true friend of the show. 
That's true. He is. Uh, Maybe the most of am, friends. <laughs> no, well, no, well, that's you know that's that's, that's that's the thing is I'm I'm looking forward to having all of the dust clear on all this stuff once and for all so that we can have him back on and that's true. And not have it all shrouded in secrecy. But uh, Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker, not for friends Secret of the Invasion, show. not friends of the show. In fact, we hate them. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> has nothing to do with I their work either. Their work is great, but yeah, I I can't stand the guy. <laughs> uh, someone that I would like legitimately to get on the show soon, Eric Martin uh, for Loki oh, season two. Good point. Uh, and just as a reminder, he's a wishful uh, you know, friend of the show, like a, a friend that we hope eventually becomes a friend. Yeah, he. But he's he's got the like he fits the bill. He he's does. one of these guys that seems to really enjoy the the work. He takes it seriously. Life but has fun with it. Yeah, okay. and life. Uh, and finally, AC Bradley true, is true friend uh, of the show. Is a true friend of the show. Tried I say to finally, hook us up with a premiere party that we got bounced out of, but she tried. So you mm-hmm. know that happened. True, man, what an adventure! <laughs> you owned it. Uh, man. You owned it. You're walking right by. <laughs> you're walking right by. Who are we walking by? And you're just like, I'm following them. I'm following Florence Pugh into this party. It did not work. <laughs> we got close. We did. Uh. And I said finally uh, one too early, but the last entry here, Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonald, and Alyssa Karasik for Writing the team. Marvels. Okay. Uh, so, and again, you know, it, it's easier with the films. Sometimes when we're talking about the best writers for certain series here, uh, we're taking like Eric Martin was the head writer. Sure. There are episodes that he was not the script writer on, but I think generally this, this feels about right. Yep. And now, uh, really the big, you know, final big four, I guess. Okay. Uh, best director. Here we go. Peyton Reed, Quantumania, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ali Salim for Secret Invasion. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Hey, hey, for Loki hey, season two. Stop. No influencing. <laughs> Nia DaCosta for the Marvels. And Brian Andrews, another friend of the pod, uh, for what if that's true. Season two. Look okay, good. and these are not a mystery to anybody. You read them at the very beginning, but just to recap, best series of 2023 will be either Secret Invasion. Loki season two or what if season two and then best film. Our choices are Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three and the Marvels. I'm actually really curious to see what the best film votes look like. Yeah, same. There's a chance and I'm not trying to influence. There's a chance that the best series category is unanimous, which maybe would be the first ever unanimous ever. Now I'm not, Speaking it, you know, but it could happen. But the films, I think, would be a little more split. Uh, For me, it's a little more split. One last thing. Every year, we typically do the most anticipated film or show of the next um, year. Which, are we going to do that? Yeah. Because because the only film is Deadpool 3. (laughs) Yeah. Most anticipated film. You have one option. Uh, Yeah. Although, uh, we do have a couple of uh, kind of fun fun uh, contenders thrown in here because of the lighter year on the MCU front. Okay, so, all right, sorry. Uh, Not to steal your thunder. 
Golly. I'm going to do it one uh, more time. That's it. And then I'm done. I, <laughs> I am uh, very curious to, to see. I think you're right on the best film front. I think that may, maybe on the series too, it, it, there may be a split even for certain people between the kind of preference and like uh, quote unquote critic side where I feel like there are certain options here that if you were just going to look at it from what you think was the best received and what generally was executed really well, the options maybe are somewhat clear. But then again, it's like I've heard certain people list some of these as some of their favorite things or their favorite things since Endgame. Uh, And they're not always the obvious ones. So we'll see. But most anticipated Marvel of 2024, you see we're expanding the, oh, cheater. the cheater. a bit there. I know, I know. But first, uh, if we're going, I guess, alphabetically here because of all, all these release dates move around so much anyway, uh, Agatha, Darkhold Diaries. Sure. Is supposed to come out next year. And like you said, Deadpool 3 is the one and only MCU film on the docket. Eyes of Wakanda is another animated uh, series that I had kind of forgotten about, but that's also coming, I believe, this year. And same for Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is how uh, Spider-Man freshman year has been rebranded smartly, I think, because that was a very confusing thing for all of us. And then, of course, talking uh, animated series here, we have X-Men 97, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty unique in that it's one of the more hotly anticipated projects, certainly of next year, because we don't have that many, but I think it's one that's gotten people really excited regardless. Uh, But that's kind of unique as an animated series. And then uh, our our non-MCU Marvel movies that are supposed to hit this year are both from Sony. I know Pete's answer. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Venom. Uh, Venom 3. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Madam Web, which actually releases very soon. Like, I think when people are listening to this episode, we will be a few weeks away from the Madam Web release. Does DC so, have any projects this year, by the way? To- that is totally that's random. That's a good question. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up real quick. Well, I totally missed... Aquaman even coming out. <laughs> it did around Christmas. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I totally missed that. <laughs> Stop. No, no, I, I'm not even being like, I just didn't know that it was out. I, I haven't heard anything about it. Like, I don't know if it was well-received or not. That's just, it, it kind of... It was not well-received. It made no money in the box office. Although, even with the small amount it made, I just saw that it passed Black Adam's box office total. Mm. No comment. Presented without comment. I mean, There's it, a new hierarchy. I, I mean, literally. Uh, it's Aquaman. Now, it's, it's Aquaman. Uh, okay, but yeah, that is. Uh, those are the Marvel projects that we have. I don't think we missed anything. But hey, listen, this entire ballot. Uh, okay. If the, the ne- if you get the next Joker movie comes out this fall. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, if you think we missed something. And you get to me early enough. We may try to add it. Probably not. But you can you can try. We have tried our best to catch everything here uh, and to sort them appropriately. And I am really excited to hear 
what a lot of what a lot of these uh, wind up being. I think that surprisingly, given how much there were certain projects that people loved and certain things that people generally hated, I am kind of pleasantly surprised at how many of these categories feel like toss-ups to me. So we shall see. Absolutely. This is always so fun. I can't wait to find out. Uh, just to close us with a few more details, remember you have a link in your Patreon messages and on your Patreon wall and or your Substack subscription. If you need that link and you're a Friends From Work Plus subscriber elsewhere and you want that, reach out to us. Um, so many ways. Go to our website, theffwpodcast.com or hello at theffwpodcast.com is an email that we will answer um, if you need that link. And then, yeah, get your votes in before Friday probably. And then next week will be a celebration of all these winners from 2023. Love it. Thank you so much, guys. We love you so much. Thanks for the grace for last week's episode. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here on Friends from Work. Friends from Work.